What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Educator Hustle Podcast. This is your host, Paul Latibader Jr. and my co-host, Emilio Porter. Emilio, what's going on, man? Man, what's good? What's good? What's good? Another week, another grind, another hustle, man. Gotta love it. Definitely gotta love it, man. It's always good to be alive, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so we just kind of wanted to, you know, talk about a little... We always try to, you know give the listeners a little update about what we're talking about, what we're doing. So, uh, you know, we had a conversation earlier this week with uh, one of our good friends, and he's also kind of doing his own thing. Uh, he has his own brand, and we're, we're talking about a potential partnership, man. And uh, it's amazing to see uh, people that are in our circle are liking what we're doing, and um, we're trying to bring this brand a little bit bigger. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the recognition is always incredible. And once again, it, it just blows my mind because, you know, this literally started as just a, a phone conversation where we put some pen to paper and now we're out here making movements and making waves. And, you know, the potential partnership is is exciting because our goal was to always provide you guys with great content give you guys entrepreneurs that you didn't know about that are doing these amazing things that you can learn from, but to know that there's a chance that maybe we can, we can take it up a little notch, you know, you know, we're coming in with the foot on the door, but let's come in with a little bang to it. You know, that, I think that's what's exciting is to know that this might turn into something that, you know, could really be beneficial and different for us. So as always, like my partner was saying, I'm just excited for the possibilities and it really is all thanks to you guys because we're still here doing it, providing great content, providing episodes and really making a difference. Definitely. Um, uh, a hashtag that I, I like to use on social media when we promote the past podcast is a hashtag positive media. Um, and I really want uh, more positive websites, more positive uh, media outlets like this podcast to really be out there. So when we uh, talk to the people about, you know, partnerships, we want to do it on the basis of positive media, man. So um, we just we just really want to continue to bring out this good content. Um, and it's going to explode, man. I, I know it will. We just got to keep pushing. Exactly. You got to keep pushing. You got to keep going and you just got to make it happen. And you know what, people? We're going to make it happen. But I, I love how you brought up the positive media hashtag because I think our guest for this week is like the definition of positive media. Like his life story, you, you cannot replicate it or duplicate. But, oh, man, it is it's just amazing to hear. We're talking about Mr. Damien Horn, a musician from Nashville, Tennessee, who is just really out there doing amazing things and 
Oh man, I'm, I'm gonna let Paul take this because I'm I'm getting choked up this thing. <laughs> Yo, man, I mean, yeah, when we, when you guys listen to the interview, man, just kind of uh, envision like a, a a road, man, a a road, a straight road, right? And there's a bunch of rocks in the way. There's a bunch of potholes. You may get a flat tire on the road. Like everything that possibly can happen on that road happened to Damien, and he talks to us about how he overcomes that and just imagine it man just imagine everything going wrong and you really being to your last dollar and not even having a dollar actually and he was able to turn that around and uh go on tour create an ep give back to africa i mean he's done a lot of stuff man and you're gonna get a lot of positive motivation from mr horn man Yes, yes, you are. And I mean, people, 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 it is so easy to get down on yourself and give up. But it's people like Damien Horn who really show you that you can't do it. You cannot. It's easy to say I quit. It's even harder to say, let's go. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it going. Let's. Uh. I mean, honestly, please, please, please just listen to what he's saying and realize that you are in a position to make everything work out. All you got to do just keep pushing and going at it. And that's what Damien did with the most positive attitude that you can imagine because he's been through some trials and tribulations and yet he's still here standing tall, laughing, laughing. We're talking about a guy who's been homeless twice and he talks about it like it was just a blimp on the map, <laughs> which is to me, it's like crazy. Like you had no home like twice. Like I couldn't imagine not having a home once. He had it twice and he, per- you know, persevered and got through it. So, I mean, honestly, one of the one of the toughest toughest people we had to interview because he just has that mentality of I'm here for this reason and I'm gonna make it work and please 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 just try to stop me exactly and and the funny thing is he's not like the um the raw raw type guy from what I understand like just talking to him he's like as laid back as you can be um easy going so. It's amazing to keep that way, man. And I, I was—he's—he complimented us on our, our interview, but I think uh, a lot of props to him because he kept our energy up. I think I really think he has some kind of some kind of magic touch, man, where he can just make your day turn into a bright one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, enough gushing over this guy. We want you to hear him out for yourselves and realize why we are on the Damien Horn train. So without further. Further ado, <laughs> let's introduce Mr. Damien. All right, and we're joined here today by Mr. Damien Horn, musician and talent extraordinaire from Nashville, Tennessee. Damien, how you doing today? I'm doing great, brother. How you doing? Doing well myself. Um. Yeah, I was looking at your website, man. You have a truly inspiring story. Um, can you just uh, give us, give our listeners the the brief details of you know how you became the man you are today? Uh, uh yeah, absolutely. I, it started initially in Hickory, North Carolina, which is where I'm from. If uh, you've never heard of it, it's right in between Charlotte and Asheville, North Carolina. Kind of known for furniture and textiles. Pretty small little town, but I grew up there. Uh, a blended family of one or twelve children. Um, to a single mom who raised us and 
just kind of start out with humble beginnings, grew up in the projects there. And um, early on, I started seeing kind of death and destruction happening all around me. I lost two of my older brothers to the streets and then two of my younger brothers uh, um, ended up in prison for 10 plus years. And so that was kind of what I was saying. And um, and I, but I knew at an early age I wanted something different for my life. I wanted a way out. And um, music turned into uh, to be that way out for me. And uh, I found myself later in Nashville, Tennessee, where my dreams started kind of becoming reality for me. Well, journey right there. Wow. There's a lot to learn from that. And I, I, I mean, I got to applaud because once again, I, it's always encouraging to see people who go out and they want to make their life different and, and put all forms of different effort and everything they can to actually um, get it done. But I kind of want to take it back to your music. I know that when it comes to being a musician, you, you interact and you, you feel so much in sounds and different music. But could you explain to us, like, which out of your catalog, which one of your songs resonate you, resonates with you the most? And could you explain why? Uh, there's a couple, but one that sticks out probably the most to me is, is a song I wrote called Heart of Africa. Back in um, 2007, I had the opportunity to go to the Sudan. And this is during the time where... You know, uh, which kind of still goes on today, but more so a more uh, dominant time, the genocide taking place in the Darfur region. And people kind of were, uh, you know, escaping from there and uh, making their way to different parts of the Sudan. I had the opportunity to go out there and uh, see firsthand like people who experienced that. And and I was thinking about like all the, the negative things these people had been through. But then like everybody I ran into had just like huge smiles on their face and were, you know laughing so much joy and it has so little and uh you know that was kind of perplexing in, in one regard because you know you just you would you initially think because of um, that past and and the lack of uh, you know just the things that they had that they they wouldn't have such a a positive outlook and such a glow about them but they did and so you know as opposed to hearing all the negative that you can hear sometimes in the news i wanted to write a song based on the positive of what i was seeing in these people and that's what heart of africa came from that, wow. yeah that's pretty um that's pretty enlightening and we had a guest on a couple episodes ago who talked about this a similar thing where you know they they thought that they were going to go into africa and, and um see some some negative images but there's a lot of positivity going on um uh, what do you what do you think is the the basis behind that? Like, why do we have such a different perspective of Africa? Uh, I think well because I, I believe media is like that; it portrays it in that way, you know. And um and then also I, I feel sometimes in, in this country we have a false sense of what success and what happiness is, you know. And I, and I feel like that's maybe why you know there's a lot more people un, unhappy here because you 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 kind of tend to believe well if I have these things or I do these things then a plus b equals happiness but that's not necessarily the case and uh and i just think they're a proof of that you know what i'm saying like you would think well if i had money and i had shoes and the nice clothes and cars i would be happy but they don't have that and, and they have it and i know people who have all those things plus and are not as happy so i just mm-hmm. think it's that's the misconception true. of what happiness is mm-hmm. and i think going off that question i think it opens up to ask what does mr damien horn consider happiness uh, man, happiness for me is is living out my purpose. You know, for me, I feel like there's no bigger discovery you can find being alive than to understand what you're here for and then being able to live that out. Because I, I think purpose gives people a sense of belonging, gives them a sense of uh, destiny and, and happiness. And and for me, that's that's what happiness is, is when I know I'm living out my potential and my purpose. Then I'm happy, whether that's a purpose to be a musician or whether it's a purpose to, you know, you know, 
be a carpenter or whatever. You know, I feel like when when you're a fish in water, man, there's no better place to be. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's a good analogy, definitely. It is. <laughs> um, bringing it back, yeah, to to you, you made a good point on on your purpose and and having a purpose in life. Um, when did you know what your purpose was, and could you also explain exactly more in detail, like what you think your purpose is on this planet? Yeah. Um, well, in the beginning, I, I would confuse my purpose with my gift. And I think the gift kind of aligns with the purpose, but it's not necessarily their purpose. You know, at a young age, I, I really realized how much I love music and and, um, and I had a gift in it, but it wasn't necessarily my purpose. I think it was the tool within my purpose. And I feel like my purpose is to encourage and inspire and motivate other people into their purpose, you know, and, and cause nothing I can think of makes me happier and nothing I feel more at ease doing. And that comes to me so naturally than doing that, you know, and music is a tool that I used to do that. But now as I've, you know, kind of grown as a person, I, I feel like there's a different avenues of what I can do that, that do the same thing. So I feel like my purpose is helping other people discover their purpose, you know, and, um, and music is a tool that I used to do that, uh, you know, the platforms from, you know, uh, different social media sites speaking, you know, on you guys uh, podcast, you know, it's a, you know, another way to allow me to to be a part of, you know, act out my purpose. Exactly. And we're glad that we're able to actually help you fulfill that purpose by helping other people. But I want to go again. I mean, I know in your bio, we said keep it brief, but I got to point out some of the you know, extracurricular activities that you didn't okay. get to mention. Um, this question is, when you actually came to Nashville, Tennessee, you were with the band Stellar Tree and you were homeless. But, but this wasn't your first time being homeless. Right. This was like your second time right. being homeless. And you were telling us your purposes to give, you know, people the motivation to find a purpose. So can you tell us when that was happening, what was going through your mind and what did you learn from that experience? Well, I, I I learned so much. I, I feel like the next step is to write a book about the things that I learned because it was, it was so much I learned in, in, in that in that span of time. You know, doing it, it felt like a lot of time. But, you know, looking back, it was just, you know, a few years. I spent a couple of years homeless in L.A. and um, and then moved to Nashville and spent some time homeless in Nashville as well. But during that time, it was it, it actually helped me discover what my purpose was. You know, I always knew what the gift was. I had the gift at a young age. But then. You know, I always thought, well, I'm supposed to take this gift and become famous and make a lot of money. And that was the purpose. I thought that was the purpose, you know. But then I realized how I was watching people interact and come in and out of my life who who kept me motivated, who kept me inspired and encouraged to keep pushing toward this goal that I had, even when, though it wasn't easy. And I was like, man, like, that's what I want to do for people. There's my purpose, you know? And so, um, and that's how I discovered that was during those, those times of being homeless and, and not having a lot because other people were living that out in my life. Yeah. Wow. Which I mean, being homeless once and then twice, I can't, I can't, you know, I can't even imagine, uh, what you've seen and what you've been through. Um, how were you able to, to overcome, you know, being in such a circumstance? Well, I, you know, there's there's a few there's a few reasons for that. I believe, first of all, growing up, you know, like I, I didn't come from the best of situations growing up. So like kind of when I, I embarked on my own, you know, being homeless, I, I, I definitely don't recommend it. But like it wasn't a far stretch from where I was at. You know, I, you know, I, I looked at the situation where I was at, you know, and I was watching my brothers die and I was watching them go to prison. And I was just like, man, like. There's not really a lot of good options on this end of the, you know, the road. So, you know, I, I found my own road, which ended me up homeless, which is not better necessarily, but 
you know, for me, it wasn't too far different from, you know, where I came from. So it was just like, you know, I just kind of had this, this, uh, this kind of thought about life and it was, it was, you know, it was just tough all the way through until I finally started seeing some breakthroughs. And then I realized, okay, maybe there is another side of this spectrum. And so I I equated to that because like kind of growing up tough just made me tough. So being homeless was tough, but yeah, maybe it wasn't as tough maybe for me because I I felt like I've I've known what days were like not having food in my stomach. I know what it's like to not have a lot of money. I've kind of been through that, you know, and and I I, I was going through that again on my own. But uh, at the same time, it was something I I wasn't too far-fetched and wasn't that unfamiliar to me. And then second of all, you know, it's definitely my faith in God, man. Like I I constantly, you know, pray and seek and, and, and look for guidance through God. And so those moments when like somebody would come along and like give me the right words or give me an opportunity at the right at my lowest points, you know, really kept me going. And then and, and third and probably, you know, one of the biggest ones on it is my mom. And I had a I'm a mama's boy. I had, I had a, an amazing mom and she's always inspired me because she's she had a crazy tough life and, and and then even raising us, but she always found a way to make things work. And so that was kind of always my, that was my role model. I would see that, that. I saw that play out through every day as I was growing up, how she would just take nothing and make it into something. Yeah. Shout out to the mama's boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm part of the club, so I understand. I was going to say, um, you know, your optimism really, you know, resonated during that entire answer. And I kind of want you to take a moment just to speak directly to our audience. You know, it's really easy for people to when they face a really big obstacle to say, you know what, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm giving up. But how would you give advice to people who when they face an obstacle, to keep them going through and not give up. I I just my, I have a belief that it's all going to work out for you in the end. I just believe that. I've always had that strong belief, you know, and I believe if you're going through something now and it's not good, then it's not the end. I just don't believe it's the end for you, you know, and and at any moment, any second, any event that can turn around. I've watched it happen so many times in my life where I'm like, you know, one minute I'm begging for money on the side of the street. And the next minute I'm playing in a stadium full of thousands of people. So it's like, I've seen both sides of that. And I've seen, I've seen that in a roller coaster experience where it's been up and been down, up and down. But like my mom always uses a verse that says joy comes in the morning. And then I just always know that like you're one moment, one second away from things turning around. One of my favorite movies is the uh, movie pursuit of happiness. And I don't know if you've ever seen it, but uh, that specific part at the end where will smith finally gets the job and he's kind of like breaking down and doing the slow clap you know it's just like i know that feeling like finally getting that breakthrough and finally getting something to go your way i believe the the kicker to that the 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 key and one of the big calluses to that is just holding on just persevering because it won't it won't stay dark forever the light will come hey don't don't lie you cried at the end of pursuit of happiness right (laughs) (laughs) My co-host is the next. I, I didn't cry. Look, I felt look, for him. Or is this going on record? <laughs> I mean, listen, you know, just a couple couple hundred people maybe. But, I mean, really, you know? Right, right. Just that slow clap, man. It's just like the tear came out. I was like, there man, I know what you're feeling, yeah. brother. <laughs> yeah. See, that's all you just said. You, you felt the moment. That's, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. No, man, I feel you on that. Hey, I'm not going to I'm not gonna lie. I cried during that, that movie. <laughs> I'll put I'll take the take the fall for you. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to get back to the music. Um, it seems like uh, you know, re- reading your bio, you were affiliated with the uh, 
this group called Music Mafia. Um, could you kind of take us on the journey of how you got affiliated with them and uh, some of the projects that you released and the process of what it takes to be a, a musician? Yeah. Um, well, that that happened when as soon as I moved to Nashville. When I got to Nashville, if you ever get to Nashville and you're on Second Avenue and Broadway, kind of in that area, you'll see a lot of people busking, which is you know people sitting on the side of the road just playing music and people throwing money into their cases or whatever. And um, when I first got to Nashville, I saw people doing it, so I was like, all right, that's my first gig. So I would sit out there for hours and just play, and people walk by and throw money into my case. And then one particular night. Uh, this this short white guy with a big black cowboy hat on and a handlebar mustache comes walking by and he throws a hundred dollars into my uh, guitar case. And so needless to say, I started pulling out all the stops and um, he caught my attention and we, we kind of started conversing, going back and forth. He was asking me about the music. He grabbed the guitar and jammed for a little bit. And he's like, hey, man, I want you to, you know, um, come hang out with me. I got some friends. We have a we have a little night at this um, place called the Pub of Love, which we call um, Music Mafia. And, uh, you know, you can be inside. It's warm. They have mics and everything. And people would really listen to you. And so uh, I didn't know who it was at the time. I later found out it was John Rich from a country duo big, called Big and Rich. And he was on Apprentice and has done a lot of things in the music industry. So I started hanging with those guys, you know, playing music with them. And the next thing I know, uh, it's, it was just a collection of artists, uh, you know, kind of the premise is music without prejudice. So you have everything from country to soul to rock to hip hop, just great artists making good music. But it was very anti music business. You know, these are a lot of people who have been burned by record labels and producers and that kind of stuff. So they kind of wanted to keep all those people at bay and just create music that they love making for people, you know, without all the, you know, the dogma and the, you know, the. You know, politics of how music can be sometimes. And uh, it really took off in Nashville and became a kind of a big movement. And everybody who was affiliated with it, you know, went on to get record deals and and that whole night. I guess the establishment we were went against, eventually everybody ended up getting record deals and that kind of thing. But we <laughs> toured and got, and got to make music and create. And uh, that's kind of how it started for me. I got my first publishing deal through that. My first tours were through that. Uh, we did a, a reality uh, show way back in the day before, like reality TV was like the thing to do, and just so a lot of cool things. Wow! So you you kind of got fast track after that chance encounter. Absolutely. It was just like boom, wow. And I mean, I think I think that answer really provides a lot of leeway into this next question. So you've seen a lot, like in your life, and then going through just everything you've seen in music you describe. Could you tell us, in your opinion, what is the biggest misconception of the music industry? Uh, the biggest misconception to me is, uh, you know, the parameters that they put on music, you know, like, you know, age limits, you know, a style of genre, the, uh, you know, the ability that uh, the I mean, the possibility that there's enough room for, you know, everybody to do it. I feel I really believe and I've seen for myself. It's just like if you can create great music that resonates with people you can make a living making music you might not necessarily be the next drake or anything like that but you can literally make a living you know with the music you create with the talent that you have and i don't think a lot of people know that and they don't know the the avenue of doing that but uh, it's possible you know what i'm saying i've you know i've watched people you know uh you know do it uh daily you know what i'm saying i still continue to do it you know you know, in, in my life, you know, to make a living doing what I love to do. So I think the, yeah, the mis misconception is that, you know, you have to step on everybody to get to the top, you know, and, and, and my mentality is more of a rising tides, lift off ships kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, a little bit more about the music industry. Um, I know that there, you know, some artists always talk about, you know, 
their record label kind of controlling the albums that come out right. and they're not able to you know produce what they want to produce um have you ever had that experience and uh if so could you enlighten us on that i i have and um and it's not really you know i, I wouldn't say it in a negative way toward the record label but i have had the experience of not being able to release you know music that i felt was you know uh, what I wanted to do per se, you know, when kind of when labels get involved, they, they have, uh, they have a lot of control over that because, you know, they're, they're fronting a lot of money. They have a lot of the contacts and that kind of thing. So you kind of, you know, it's one of those things, it's kind of one of the things you give up in order to be affiliated with, you know, a, a major label. Yeah. And, and just a quick, sorry, sorry, uh, just a quick no, follow up. I was just wondering, um, is there like a certain sound they're looking for or, um, how, like what, what makes them not want to release something? Well, it's, everything is like, it's very, uh, it's a lot more, uh, methodical what, what they do in, in, in that industry, especially when it comes to radio and radio play and those kind of things. Like there's, there's so many different like nuances that they know and they've experienced and they've tested to let's say, you know, songs being at three minutes and 25 seconds three minutes 30 seconds uh you should start with a hook and finish with this uh tempos do better on radio like all these little guidelines of things that that will give you the best shot or give them the best shot of having your music played on radio and doing well on radio okay wow yeah that's they break it down there's a lot of that just trends and everything i i think as an average consumer and I, I would never even think about like, oh, tempos do better and all that. So, I mean, it's kind of eye open to think, oh, man, the music game is really, you know, they got their X's and O's. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's not, it's not, man. These guys, they know it's not like, they're not like throwing noodles at the wall and seeing what sticks. They pretty like, if they drop something, they, they got a pretty good guarantee on how well it's going to do. They can pretty much tell you how far you can, it'll go up the charts before they even release it, just based on, you know, you know stats and, and history of you know music you know so wow that's crazy to even imagine i actually want to give shine out to you because you actually released your latest ep a love saga back in march and you know just coming from your background and all the trials and tribulations how does it feel to know that you released that album and then also what can your fans expect for those who haven't heard it yet Oh uh, man, it's 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 amazing to just be in a position where I can still create and still do what I love to do, and then like now be in a position where I I have a a lot more control over that, and just just to be able to doing it and still you know uh, living out my dream of doing it, and and the fans can expect more of that you know like with this particular project, it was called a love saga because most of the songs are I mean all the songs on this particular EP is are love based in some type of format of love, whether it's love between you know friends or or a lover or whatever but it's a love-based kind of ep and it's a lot of songs that i've i've had for a while that i've held on to that i haven't shared so it's just new material that you know because I've, I've played dual dual parts for a while i've also been a part of a country trio where contractually i was on the obligation i couldn't release any solo music so this is you know me getting back to my solo music and being able to release just some music i've had you know, I'm a creator, so when I create, I want to share that. But, you know, like I said, unfortunately, sometimes with labels and stuff, you're you're not allowed to do certain things. Mm-hmm. That's what we were talking about, right? <laughs> the right, controller. right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> There's give and take and everything, man. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> um, and I also wanted to, you know, I looked into it. You do a lot of philanthropy work. Um, I just wanted to know, how do you find the time to, to get involved and give back? 
I mean, any any open moment I have, you know, I, I try to use that because I, I really feel like that's the bigger part of my purpose. Like I said, music is a tool, you know, like it's giving me a platform, you know, to to be able to reach more, to make my reach reach longer. And so now that I have that, you know, I, like I, you know, it's, it's the, the timing is set up perfect for me to kind of start giving back and inspiring others. You know, what I'm saying like, I, you know, I had to get to the brighter part of the story. So it, the, the, it gives the story a little bit more impact. You know, it's kind of hard to do that when you're when you're still homeless but at, but i will also say to people like you know you can you can always start wherever you are you know I, I i i'm living proof of that you know i just think of times where like you know i used to always say man if i had a lot of money i would just do this i would just do that but like you can start at any point in time you know it doesn't always have to be monetary value what you're giving to people you know what i'm saying just kindness goes a long way smiles go a long way you know what I'm saying just like you know, a, a coat off your back sometimes to somebody in need, you know, goes a long way. So I, it's, it's a part of who I am. It's always been a part of who I am. And so anytime I'm not, you know, in the studio, like, you know, I was in the studio today. So it's like, anytime I'm not in there and, and, and opportunities like that come, I try to take advantage of them. Mm, okay. And I kind of want to follow up, um, even go more about the flanchy. This is, you know, going, going back in the day for you, but you had a great involvement with the Salvation Army. And that involvement actually led you to tour with Godspell Production and 180 Comedy Troupe. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like you're a musician, but you were in a comedy troupe, which is like, I don't know how, I think that's really unique. Man, <laughs> so, you have done, you, y'all have done your homework, man. I'm hey, man. You know? <laughs> we didn't get those know. degrees for no reason. Hey, exactly. Real, I, exactly. You, I never get these kind of questions. I think it's cool, though, man. It's awesome. It's good. To, it's good. To yeah. Be, <laughs> I wanted to ask though. I mean, could you just describe how that tour experience and like, if you could, just release you know some memorable moments from it? Yeah, man. It, that's you know that was some of the best times for me because um, you know first of all it was kind of my first taste of like that that lifestyle. You know, I always knew I wanted to be an entertainer, and believe it or not, when I was growing up, I always wanted to be an actor. That was kind of like my first thing. And I used to sing a lot in church and then people were like, man, you got a voice, you know, and like, and I always wrote poems, but they eventually turned into songs and it's kind of what got me to where I am now. But I've always loved acting. I've loved comedy. I love the entertainment feel. Anything that I feel like I can do entertaining wise to, to kind of encourage and like, you know, lighten people's load to make them happy, make them laugh, like, you know, give them a song to groove to, you know, you know, it's always kind of resonated with me. So I always want to give that to other people. And so being able to do Godspell and being able to do, to, uh, you know, tour with 180, and do stuff like that it was just you know like uh it was it was already my dreams you know me starting to see my dreams come into fruition you know what i'm saying like if 180 would have became the thing that i did i would i would be just as happy now you know what i'm saying to build that platform and and ultimately be able to give back in the way that you know i get the opportunity to do so they they all have played a, a big part in that and and as far as like you know memories of that stuff those times were honestly sometimes some of my best memories i you know i tell friends of mine when i'm thinking about you know, back when, you know, I was doing gospel on 180 and even some of my earlier music, you know, endeavors, you know, back then, uh, my, my, my gift didn't hold the burden of paying my bills. You know what I'm saying? So you kind of could just like, you know what, like I had to work a nine to five and then I would go do that. And then it was just a pure joy and the love of what I did. And not that I don't have that now, but now like it holds a different weight to it. It's like now if I, if I don't, if I'm not funny or if I don't sing well, like it affects my, my livelihood. So it carries a different weight with it now that it, it's become my career. So, you know, those times were, you know, had, had a, uh, definitely have a, a kind of sweeter, uh, taste to it for me. I got wow. you. It's the business side probably, uh, kind of takes over a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you got to wear that hat, you know, you have to, you have to do that. 
you know, and, and not all the times it's, that's a fun thing to do. I get you. I get you. Um, yeah, just kind of wanted to hear more a little bit about, you know, you've been in the music industry, you know, you've been doing the acting thing. Um, any other crazy stories like being, I know you work with different kind of artists, but could you tell us any kind of crazy specific stories that, that happen in the industry? <laughs> I got so many crazy. We'll be here all night, right? I know, for real. Give us your best yeah. one, man. I'm going to try to give you a semi-tame one. Some of them are very, you know, you know, out of this world. But, uh, you know, like, you know, just a simple, like, I mean, even dealing with, you know, fans, you know, you, you hear about sometimes in the industry, you know, you can have like, you know, super fans. I, I try not to call them crazy, but they're, I call them super fans. And um, I ran into one one time and uh, she was by our bus and, and she was, you know, it was kind of raining outside and she was like, man, I really want to see what a tour bus looks like. And I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of a kind guy. So I'm be like, sure, come on. You know, my friends were on here. Let's get on the bus. I'll show you the tour bus. She gets on the tour bus and she's kind of looking around and then she's like, I'm not leaving. She just kind of says like, she's not leaving. We're like, all right, uh, well, it's nice to meet you, you know, and that kind of thing. Before you know it, it turns into this crazy all out brawl. She's like, kicking and screaming like she will not get off the bus and like she's trying to take one of <laughs> she's trying to take the dog of one of the you know uh, people in my band and like just craziness so literally we literally physically have to throw her off the bus and then like we kind of <laughs> yeah i know this is sad but we had to throw her off the bus and we closed the door and was like wow that was crazy so everybody was like man that just escalated really fast and then like somebody's like no she's not finished so she had climbed up on the tour bus and just started bending <laughs> all our windshield wipers it's just like bending and bending them. and then security guard from out there ran and kind of got her and, and you know asked if we want to press charge and that but we didn't but like that's, man, that's like that's a mild case of, you know, some of the things that you see on the road and just like, you know, some of the things you experience, you know, not just always the you know, kind of the crazy extreme stuff, but, you know, so, so much cool stuff. Like when you run into people and, and you know, I, you know, somebody will walk up to me and I'll take a picture with them. They'll they'll take off part of their shirt and they'll show like across their back or something. They have my lyrics tattooed on their body. So, you know, I'm just like, wow, you know, like. You just don't understand the impact, you know, like, and that's just huge to me because, you know, and that's why I'm I'm very intentional about, you know, what I do as a musician because I want it to last and I want it to impact people in a positive way. Wow. That, that's the mild stuff. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, some, that's some mild. <laughs> that's not even the hot stuff. It's mild. That's, that's not the hot stuff, but, you know, it's, <laughs> you know that, kind of, that kind of thing, you know, happens from time to time. But it's fun, man. I, I, I love it, man. I, I love what I get to do. No, I could imagine because that's crazy seeing somebody who has, you know, your lyrics tattooed on them. I, I mean, you're probably like working and, and, and doing all your creative uh, work and then you kind of meet the people you impact. And it's like, whoa, it's a, right. It's probably big. Right. It it really is. Yeah. It definitely makes you t- stop and take a moment. Just like, man, like, OK, like this is this is serious. So and people are, are, are it's resonating with people so much to the point they will tat it on their bodies. <laughs> wow. that. I couldn't imagine. I heard like, you know, um, when you're on stage and you're singing um, your music and you see people actually like mouthing back yep. the words you like. I heard it's such a surreal feeling. Could you it like just explain like what does that even feel like? It It's honestly, it really is one of those things you can't really put into words. But it's funny because I, I was always going to mention that as well. Just being on a stage and singing and then watching people. One of the one of the cool moments I had was. I'm a part of a country trio called The Farm as well. So we travel a lot and do stuff together. And that's a whole different genre of music than what I do as a solo artist. I'm more of a soul 
kind of pop artists, you know, as a solo artist. But we went to uh, Australia. We played this um, festival called Hunter Valley in um, Australia as the farm. And we were playing and like it was thousands and thousands of people. We'd never been to Australia before as a band. And uh, like thousands and thousands of people just singing along at the top of their lungs to our music, who we've never met before and not even from the same country. And then we probably play like an hour set. We get off stage and then we sign autographs for three hours. And then in the in the midst of being in that that line of people signing you know signing autographs, you know probably a third of those people in that line were like, hey, you know we love your music, and we also looked up and found your music, and so would you sign this CD as well? Like so they would they not only you know heard the music I did with the farm, but you know did more homework, found out about my solo music, and found that and brought that, and just was like it was just mind blowing. So it was just really cool, and somebody wow. way across the ocean like that. So. Yeah, that's wow. so crazy, man. I, yeah, that is. You, you come a long way, man. I, I really, I'm really excited to see, you know, what what you've been doing, and uh, I actually, I just want to know what what's next, man. What what do you think is next for you? Well, the the the, the next thing on my agenda is um, I, I've been having an opportunity to, like you said, I, I I speak with the Salvation Army. I do a lot of youth retreats with the Salvation Army. I do stuff with an organization called Teen Challenge, who was instrumental in helping me when I was homeless and stuff. And also the Boys and Girls Club. And what, I, what I've what i been doing is telling this story, my story, and incorporating my music into it as I kind of, I go as a guest speaker. But, you know, I incorporate music because it's, it is my tool. And so uh, I speak and I, I put interject music that coincides with the story. So what I what I came to mind for me was to develop a one-man show out of that. Because just, I mean, like, you know, I love comedy. I love theater. I love all that stuff. So I'm uh, in the process of finishing up a, a one-man show called Shine. And which is, you know, which is my mantra It's just kind of basically saying when you when you shine and in uh, what you do and in your purpose, you liberate other people to do the same. So it's like shine a Nashville story. It's just about my life story and how I went from the projects in Hickory, North Carolina to, you know, stages across the world and, and how Nashville played a part in that. And uh, so it's, it's going to be a one man show and I'll be uh, doing the first set of that in, in November and then. Uh, some stuff in the spring, and my, my goal is to get it as an off-way, off-Broadway production and, and, and get it traveling by, uh, you know, 2017. So that's the next big step for me. Ooh, lawfully goes. I like it, though. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. be on the lookout for Shine, everybody. Please be on the lookout for Shine. Oh, my gosh. Damien, I mean, you've been such a great, phenomenal guest. I think you actually put, like, just a brighter light on this whole episode for your your positivity and your message. Um, before you go, I just want to hit you with a quick, you know, two combo questions. All right. Uh, the first question is going to be, how can the people reach you? Okay, this this is an easy one. All my social media is based in my name, which is D-A-M-I-E-N-H-O-R-N-E, Damien Horn. That's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, any social media you can think of. And then also I have a landing page uh, which is my blog called Encourage, Inspire, and Motivate dot com, and it's a landing page for just good news, you know. And uh, and if people are out there doing good things and they want to get it highlighted, just uh, you can shoot it my way. And, and I'm, I'm about posting good news, you know. I, I always look at the news, and I, I well, I don't look at the news much because when I do, I feel like it's so much negative stuff. I was like, man, I just need a place to go where I see nothing but good news. And so that's kind of what that blog is based on. It's just about highlighting the good things that's happening in the world as well. So those are the places you can reach me. Oh, wow. Okay. Good news. I like that idea. That's a good one. Um, and the last question, and then you take, take your time with this one, All right. but what do you want to leave our listeners with? Just anything you want to put as the last thing you can part with? 
Um, the thing I would, and you know, the, I, I feel like my biggest message because of what I feel like I'm here to do is to help inspire and encourage and motivate people into their purpose is, is to pose that question to everybody, you know, to, uh, to challenge them actually in, in the sense of saying, find out what your purpose is. And I, and in my opinion, the, the best way to do that is to find out what your design is, to, is to tap into who the grand designer is. And for me, I, I know that to be God. So I, I would challenge people to find out God, who is the, who's the grand designer of all things and, and has given us purpose because by discovering him, you discover purpose. And then there's no better place to be than in your purpose. And so that's always my challenge, and I like to leave people with that. And then when you're living in that purpose, you shine. And when you shine, you liberate other people to do the same. So it becomes this ripple effect. Then the world gets lighter. <laughs> <laughs> and boom, there you have it, Mr. Damien Horn. I, we appreciate <laughs> you for joining us. Oh, man, it was it was great. Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it, man. And I, I'm, I'm super impressed, man. You guys are, are on it, man. It's, it's, been, it's been a pleasure of mine to be a part of it. Thank you so much, man. The, the feedback is um, is uh is greatly taken. We we just we just love what we do. Awesome, actually, you and your purpose, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I'm not trying to be a fish out of water, like you said. Right, exactly. You know <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you later, David. Yes, sir. And there you have it, folks. Mr. Damien Horn giving us some great inspiration. Um, man, uh, that was a powerful interview, bro. How do you feel, Emilio? That was wow. I mean, yeah, it's, it's always just refreshing just to hear the optimism that Damien had. And, you know, he really talked lightly about situations that would break people. I mean, homeless twice, like that would make people want to quit and just you know, give up, but he, he talks about it like, oh, you know, just a patch on the road and got through it. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, from his background coming in, seeing, you know, his two older brothers lost his street and then two in jail, it's, it's I mean, the way that he talks with such positivity and levity, it, it's amazing. I'm, I'm just, you know, mind blown shocked. Yo, man, I, I can't complain about anything in the rest of my life after talking to Damien, bro. Like mm-hmm. that man was at the lowest of the low and he's out here doing it big, man. There's there's really nothing to uh there's really nothing that can hold us back, man. Yeah, it's, it's like a night and day switch now. I mean, it's like he tells us the story about the crazy fan and then you you, you remember that he basically grew up in a, a terrible neighborhood and went out on his own and was homeless. It's just like you know, two sides to the coin, man. Two sides. <laughs> really, man. There really is, but you know. It's it's great to to talk to people like that, and uh, I hope he inspires the next Damien Horn out there. If uh, you're listening, mm-hmm. that's true. It's true, but you know, probably enough for getting sappy with y'all. I know y'all really here for the main event, and that's <laughs> of course how you, yeah, you can get reach us. So, Educator Hustle is available on various social media platforms. The first one is Snapchat, where we're known as Educator Hustle, all one word, Educator Hustle. There we try to post little snaps, little videos, little background access stuff, just to keep you getting that Educator Hustle on a daily basis. The next thing that we also are on is Instagram, where we are known as Educator Hustle Podcast. Once again, that is Educator Hustle Podcast. We try to post in- photos, inspirational ones, stuff about who we're interviewing for that week. You know, just a little something for you to see in your timeline to get you going and have us be 
on your mind. The next thing is, of course, our Twitter, where we're known as Educator underscore Hustle. Once again, that is Educator underscore Hustle. We do a lot of interaction there, a lot of retweet. We try to highlight our podcast and edit a podcast that we feel is dope. And now I have to take this time as a little disclaimer. But if you can, please, 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 if you enjoy our episodes and want us to get even bigger, want us to get even better, take some time out to subscribe to us and leave a review. Please, 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 this helps us tremendously move up the charts, get more visibility, and and in turn, get you even more better episodes. Even more better. Even more Free better. Things <laughs> underline bolded. <laughs> and now going back to how you can reach us. Oh. Don't, don't, hey, you almost there, man. Don't quit. I know, I know, I know. You had to take the deep breath for dramatic effect. But I was going to say, of course, the most important way that you can reach us if you really have to get us to know how we did that emotional feedback, that that compliment that we need. You can email us at educatedhustlepodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is educatedhustlepodcast at gmail.com. Oh, and you know what? I just remembered facebook we have a page go like us educate hustle two words you'll know you're at the right spot because you will see that logo that you all know and love yes sir man and also uh you know hit us up on that email man i know i know you said it earlier but uh you know we we, we really love to see y'all emails and uh we're trying to th- we're trying to get into the video so if y'all have any suggestions on how we can incorporate video hit us up on that email man Mm-hmm. Please do give us suggestions, give us ideas, and you know what? If we use it, we'll credit you, or maybe find a way to get you in the video. Exactly. <laughs> and you send us out, bro. Shoot, man, people, Damien Horn. I mean, I think he said the best. Optimism. You cannot, you cannot underestimate it. You gotta have it. There's so much good stuff that happens in life that you gotta have the optimism. And you know what? Flip the switch, like he says. You have the down period, you have the up period. There's a lot of times, and I, you know, I can tell you a personal time right now. I applied to a what would be a dream company of mine. You know, I applied to free jobs. The first one, they came back and said, you know what, and it, it's not gonna work. The second one, they came back and said, you know what, we like what we see. We might have to reach out to you. And I mean, it's like you know, it's a switch. You never know what's gonna happen. There's downs and lows, but then you get those highs. Oh, and when you get those highs, I mean. Shh. You get those highs. So please keep it positive, keep motivated, keep pushing. And if you're in Carolina with Panthers and Cam, keep pounding. <laughs> I said it because no one else is going to do that. Incorporate the audience that didn't even know they were the audience. Shout That's out to I Carolina. Said. I feel you. Maybe every week we have hit up a new uh, state. <laughs> That's a lot to ask from us, but we'll try our best. <laughs> But as always, you got to stay educated and keep hustling. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.